What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Hey, Greg. How are you? I'm well. We have no time for we Shut don't. up. Get in Over there, there <laughs> the pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. Go Islanders. Go Islanders, indeed. Over there, the Pier 1, Tim Gettys. Let's the most. And happy birthday, Nick. You motherfucker. Yeah. Really? It's your birthday? Tim, let me hear you one more time. Don't try to distract me. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Let me hear you. Talking in. I'm still talking. I'm talking to you. I'm is so he, happy it's your birthday. Is it your day of birth? Is it your it's younger? Birthday, yes. You son Tell of a gun. Right? Happy birthday, buddy. Thanks, guys. I, I did not get you it. anything. No, you you're, uh, You got me you. This, of course, is world-renowned voice actor Troy Baker. He's Boo, here. Thank you so much yeah. for coming to visit us. Oh, of course. We we have applause here. You did you did Colin and Greg live this morning. You hung in there. You answered the questions over on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, and now you're here for the Game Over Greggy show, but you have a plane to catch. I do have a plane so to catch. We're running you on borrowed time. On borrowed time. So I don't know who we borrowed it from. Jesus. Jesus. Mother Nature. Mother Nature and Jesus. Yeah, and Virgin America. Jesus ain't got no time Oprah. For that. Yeah. Oprah. 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 Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, this is the Game Over Greggy Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get it all for the cheap on Friday on Bandcamp, on Vimeo, kindoffunny.com, and of course, patreon.com slash kindoffunny. If you don't want to give us any money or you can't, we totally understand. All we ask is that you watch our videos over on youtube.com slash kindoffunny each and every day. The next week, topic by topic, day by day, till the entire show posts for free as an MP3 and a video. That was good. That was pretty good. Now we get to the discussion. Well, people, first off, I've been saying my intros are too long lately. They like your kind of funny games cast. You're just like, whatever. I'm Tim. Mm. Do this. I'm hosting now, and I can say what I want. Hey, man. What up, dude? Hey, man. Troy Baker. Dude, thank you. Hello. Hi. That was was with an acknowledgement, a greeting, and a segue. I I just have to uh, give a wonderful shout-out to my my dear friend Colin for making Mm. a a fantastic old-fashioned. Thank you. Fantastic old-fashioned. You learned it from the best. If you want to know how to make an old fashioned, go yeah. to youtube.com slash kind of funny and check out Follow the Leader. I'm putting in the time code for Kevin. Bam. Yep, we have a how, we have a how to video of how to make it from Eric Castro himself. I thought you were like being very professional, like taking notes. I am. Like you're the secretary. I am. For I like, wear many hats. Taking minutes. I wear I wear many hats here. But you're literally taking minutes. Right. Like minutes is not just like the term that people use. Oh, I literally need. You're literally I look like over there. I got the time code. I jot it down. Then the little things pop. And everybody's excited. Troy. Yes. Random topics of discussion on the Game okay. Over Greggy show. You, guests go first. What did you bring to the table today? I, well, b- besides my old-fashioned, uh, I, li- I literally brought my album. Oh, yes. Mm. So that's good, because I'm shamelessly plucking myself. Nah, it's no big. What's sitting, the album called? Sitting in, in the, the Fire. fire. So uh, we can talk about this real quick. So um, there's, a, there's a really interesting moment in my life uh, where it prompted my best friend, Travis Willingham, to kind of call me out. And have like a good come to Jesus talk. Did he throw balls at your balls like he did to he me? He did not. That he reserved that for you. So you okay. were very special mm-hmm. in that. Thanks, Travis. But he, he sat me down and he said, "Listen, man, there's a fire. You know, because we all have circumstances and problems in our life and everything. And and he equated that to a fire that 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 burns in your life. And he was like, "There's a fire that's burning right now. And if you will just sit in it, as opposed to running away from it, it will make you stronger." Uh, and mother so that of dragons. Mother of dragons. Yeah. You got to walk out naked mm-hmm. from that thing. And then everyone's We've like, oh, there. are you going to get naked? So I'm not going to get naked anymore. I'm, I'm already on this show. Wait, yeah, I was told there was going to be nudity on this show. But not for That me. is why I showed up. Oh, yeah, that's why you watched the show. Yeah, that's why I watched the show. So she said, oh, oh so she's, she's uh, taking it all off for you. Look at that little wiener. Me without a dollar. Um so anyway, yeah, we, we this the, and and part of the fire was making this fucking thing because it took us forever. Um, but I, you know, growing up, uh, and Nick, how old are you? I'm 35 today. 35 today. So you kind of came in on the tail end of of I'm like the oldest person at this table. How old um, are you? 38. Oh fuck you! I'll be 39 this year. <laughs> you look, you look younger than Tim, though. Are you using your eye cream? I am. Good. How old are you? 25. 
Oh, fuck off. You're yeah, drinking yeah. Coke. You can barely drink that. Um, <laughs> so keep the alcohol away from the young ones. Um, so like I mean, well, growing up, man, I had like 33s and, and 78s and, 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 you know, not really eight track was not really my thing. But it was, cass- it was, it was albums. It was cassettes. And then these CDs came along and then that kind of put us where we are now. But there's, there's this spirit that, that albums were records were made in, uh, that has, has kind of been lost because now you've got great music that's out there, but it's a collection of tracks as opposed to like, there was, we were talking about this earlier with, with like the Beatles, there was a concept record, like Sgt. Pepper's was a concept record. Um, and there were movements that it went through and it's, it's one of the reasons why I love games so much is because with the same thing with an album, there was this interactivity that happened because you couldn't just put on, like now we can literally listen to an inexhaustible supply of music, you know, through Pandora, every once in a while go, Hey, are you still listening? Cause we have to pay for these songs. Uh, or Spotify goes, we're not going to pay anybody ever. So you can listen to whatever you want. But Taylor Swift has something to say about it. Tell you that right now. She's fighting the good fight. The um, good fight. She's yeah, shaking it up. But you look at that. You know, she had she was like three million plays or whatever, and she got thirty two cents or something ridiculous. I know, yeah. crazy. Chump change oh, compared to what you're getting so paid. Good. Oh my god, I'm 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 mildly broke. Um, <laughs> but, but what's what's crazy about it is like you know with the record you had like twenty two minutes that you were going to listen to this thing, and then you had to because you could that because that needle would pass over the other side. Mm-hmm. You had to flip it over, and there was a whole new record waiting for you. Yeah. I remember I didn't listen to the second half of Joshua Tree for like years because I just loved everything that was on Side A, which was like all the poppy hits and everything. And it was kind of the spirit that we did this record in to where like the first half of it is it's rock. It's in, you know, it's 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 kind of upbeat. There's some kind of dancey stuff even on there. And then you flip it over to the second side and it's this totally different experience. But we... Um, I mean, I'm stupid and I learned a lot of ways to not make a record. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> It's like Edison. Edison, you know, tried two thousand times to create the light bulb, and someone says, "How do you feel about failing two thousand times to make a light bulb?" Because I didn't. I just found two thousand ways to not make a light bulb. Uh-huh. You know, everyone was a success, and it's the same thing. But a lot of the the albums that really influenced me were not done in a traditional studio sense. It, they they were done like OK Computer was done in, a, in Jane Seymour's Castle. Um, there was a, a Bruce Springsteen record where he did. It's called the Pete Seeger Sessions, mm-hmm. and he did it at this cabin in the woods. It was just amazing. I think he did it upstate New York. And that's where I decided I wanted to do something like uh, my I want to do my album in a cabin. And so we found this house up in Big Bear, California, and we dragged about a half a million dollars worth of gear. Most of it rented, of course. Yeah, naturally. Um, <laughs> that we did not own. And we went down to our very last mic cable and spent five days tracking this record and spent a lot of time mixing it and, and working on it and finishing it up. And it's finally out. So yeah, I'm super proud of that. Where can people get it? Uh, you can get it. Well, I think we're going to give away one here, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna, how do we do that? Uh, people in the comments will randomly pick somebody from the comments of the yeah. YouTube video. So it's random. It's not, uh, don't, don't try to do anything like on the breakout on the hey, Monday episode. Yeah. Not the I, episode. I, I sacrificed chicken to get this. Yeah. Don't do that. No, That's no bad. Chicken. Don't, no, do, no don't chance. do that. Uh, that, that will actually not get you the record. That will actually get you arrested. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Animal cruelty. Nobody wants that. But if your law firm is run by Al Pacino, then then you're set. Then you're set. Yeah. Nobody get the reference. No. Devil's Advocate. Oh. Really? Oh, I remember yeah. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. yeah. I just don't remember what the, the, the first one that he has is uh uh it's it's a it's a clo- shut close and shut. What is he at? 
open and shut case of animal cruelty. He's got the worst accent in that entire movie. Oh, I, was, I thought you were doing Al Pacino for yeah, a second. I was like, that's the worst Al Pacino no. ever. She is my wife. This is our home. And I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. So apparently I talk like this. It's terrible. Just, her son. Oh, yeah. You must... Oh my law. I mean, it's, it's like Al Pacino <laughs> is just like turning it all the way up to 11 and then, uh, look, but don't sister. touch. Uh, she's redhead. She's really hot. Uh, I want you to have sex with her on my desk. It's like the creepiest, <laughs> weirdest yeah, movie. movie. And then Charl- <laughs> Charlize Theron goes, I love you, and then kills herself. I could like, do this that movie in 60 seconds. Movie. That was a weird movie. That's Very a weird. Really weird movie, yeah. But his sister or the the chick, what was that? What else was she in? Uh, the the curly haired redhead. I know who you're talking about. She, was she in Starship Troopers? She was in Starship Troopers, she, wasn't she? Let me look that up. If Thank only you. there was a device that existed. Got in the all world. the information so immediately. So let, let me ask. You, what's <laughs> well, a good I, Colin bringing it back to well, center? I want. Well, I want to well, ask you about about you know we only have you for a very limited amount of time and and I'm uh, yeah you know, like I'm the only musician other musician at this table so I have to ask you a simple two questions. Please. Did you a what did you obviously you're a vocalist and you play guitar did you mm-hmm. do any other any other instruments on the record and did you guys yeah. play live or did you do track by track and mix it that way? Um, most of the stuff like all the rhythm rhythm sections um, were done live. Every song was done with bass, drums, and guitar being done at the same time. Sometimes bass, drums, guitar, and keys. There's, cool. like, there's like two instrumentals. And we did overdubs, of course. Like mm-hmm. there'd be another second guitar part or whatever. James Bowen uh, plays guitars on everything. Um, he played piano on Afterglow. Um, and our drummer, CJ Martin, um, played the organ on uh, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. Um, I played keys on, besides like a couple of, I did stuff on like my religion. I did stuff on a couple of different things. I did like, you know, extra key work or whatever, but there were, there's two instrumentals that we have that are really, really cool. That were completely spontaneous. They were, uh, completely improv at the cabin while we were recording. And one, I was trying to find a specific sound. And if you've ever dealt with software stuff, you know, you can literally go through just, just a cornucopia of sounds. It's like, you know, you're just going through a library of sounds. And we hit this one uh, by Sonic Couture and it's an acoustic Ebo. And you hit it and you have like a, a oscillating wheel. And so when you went up, it made this really cool, like it, it pitched it up to the next harmonic. And it's a song called, um, um, I have to think about it, Intermission, sorry. Um, we could just call it the jams, but it's intermission. And I was sitting here playing with it. And I was just going, do, and the guys were hearing me through the headphones and they just started playing. And so I looked at Rob, I'm, I'm in the control room, which looked a lot like this with just gear everywhere. And I was like, holy shit, dude, roll tape. And so we started rolling and Johnny, our producer who had this amazing couch. And there's a picture I think I put up on, on Twitter or whatever of him just sitting there on this, laid out on this couch, and that's just where he, his producer's couch, he just sat there and just like, he's like, guys, here we go. And we just played it live. No click wow. or anything else. And I had a mic, and I was like calling out changes, is like, go back to this part, you know. Um, it was just a really cool organic thing, and there's two of those. There's there's Intermission, and there's a song called Window to the Abbey that was a complete jam that we did, uh, wrote up there. So yeah, I, I did play some stuff, but I mean, I, I have like amazing musicians and there's times when you just got to get out of the way and, and let those guys do what they do so well. We actually played for the first time together since we did the album, which was May of 2000. God, it was right when we did the Podcast 300 thing. Oh, um, wow. Really? So that'd be two years ago? 300. Yeah, it was like two years ago. May May of 2012. 12, yeah. yeah. So the first time we actually sat down and played these songs was this Sunday and uh, this past Sunday. 
and it was like we've been playing these songs for years. Just awesome. they're they're so good. We just dropped in and played. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love hearing like those. I don't think people, uh, you know, there's a lot of music fans out there. Obviously, everyone you know really enjoys listening to music, but. I really do feel and I can sympathize with you in the sense that I don't feel like a lot of people that don't play instruments understand how really fucking hard it is to make a record and oh my god and like to play and stuff like that like I don't have the experience but that's something that we we you know put out on stores where when I was a band in college we did record a six uh, we bought an mbox so used all of our money to buy hell yeah M-box. I have one and every and we, generation <laughs> and and we uh, and we spent all of our money on all the software and and we wanted to record a six track demo and we ended up doing that but I remember I play drums and I remember we wanted to do everything on individual tracks so we can really tweak it and master it properly. Sure. And I remember being so fucking annoyed because I could not play. Like, I couldn't play without everyone around me. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, in your, you have your headphones on, you have the click and stuff like that. And I'm like, I can't do it. And we ended up throwing in the towel on most of the songs and just playing it live. Mm. And we lost the ability to master it, so we lost some of the, the fidelity and the sound, but, like, it was more natural to play it like that. So I was just curious if you... That's why I wanted to ask, is if you played it. Well, we obviously put the vocals on after, but I, like, the... I needed to play with the ba- especially the bass. There is there is a lot of energy that's lost when you go track by track, and some people are good. I mean, like the Eagles were all studio musicians, and that's how they met. They came together, and they're so they're all just like fantastic players. And so, um, like Wayne Miller, who's our bass player and music director, I mean, that guy is on tour with Christina Perry right now, and and he they're they're all just like those. This is what they do nine to five. That's the, that's their gig is being studio musicians. Um, but it's it's really interesting. Like I'm the same way. It's like okay, you're gonna play to a click. I'm like, oh no 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 no. I need, I need, <laughs> I need these guys back here. And because there's a like we played last night, and there's just there there's a certain and this is not for everybody. And I don't want to sound too pretentious, but like that's if we don't make music because of the way that we feel. Um, I, I'm not knocking like math rock and stuff like that. To where it's like, watch me write the song in you know twelve eight time. But there's just, to me, the impetus has always been like how I'm feeling. And there's sometimes when the song is going to be slower, sometimes mm-hmm. it's going to be faster, sometimes it's going to be more angry. So I don't know. But um, I, I, again, it's, it's, it, you're right. It's incredibly hard to, to make this. Um, and I'm honored every time, like I, I check every day. I'm like, holy shit, I sold another one. You know, I'm just yeah. so surprised <laughs> that people are, are digging it. And, and to find out which songs actually like resonated with people too. So it's been fun. Uh, I know musicians always get frustrated about this particular question, but because and game designers do too. But you just put this record out, now you're doing some shows and kind of promoting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is this it? And you said that this was a concept album, which a lot of bands don't do anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. Dredge does it, and a few other guys do concept albums, but most people don't do that anymore. That kind of that's lost along with vinyl, I think. But um, what, do you want to do another record? Or is it something that in, in oh the next God. couple of years, next few years? I want to do ten. You know, <laughs> now now it's. I mean, there's there's this whole side of me that's kind of laid dormant, uh, just just out of necessity. You know, I, I I've been fortunate enough to work, you know, and, and stay very very busy. Um, You're in a lot of games. Some, I'm in a few. I'm actually I'm I'm actually in less I think this year than I've been in past. Yeah, I well because you were in everything last year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and everything so got you're delayed. just in Batman, Uncharted, Metal Gear, like these That's small little like, indie just, games. Just a few, but you know I've been I've been very fortunate that you know whatever it is about me has been like perfect for where the industry is at right now, and there's been opportunities that have been afforded to me, and and those opportunities afforded this opportunity. So uh, I'm I'm pleased as punch to do that, but yeah, now I'm like. I want to go to New York and just like get a, a, a loft in New York for like three weeks and just see, see what, what happens. happens yeah. That'd be know? so cool. Because <laughs> I, I invariably like the cabin took uh, uh, it was a it was an influence on the way that we wrote and we were on like 
four acres or something. So there's nobody around us, which we needed specifically <laughs> because we're like, we're going to be like cranking at three o'clock in yeah. the morning. What are people going, shut up, you know? So yeah. we, we, we intentionally found a spot that just, there was nothing but woods around us. So people would like, just go, are you guys going to cut guitars? Cool. I'm just going to grab a beer and go out. And they, they, there's uh this chair that we have a picture of that's just out in the middle of the woods. Cause people would just take a chair and just sit out there and just, be in nature and it was in May it was beautiful it wasn't too hot it wasn't too cold so um, I would love to see what would happen when you have like Richard Ashcroft did um, did an album his first solo album uh, since he left the Verve this is many years ago uh, called Alone With Myself and there's a song that he has about New York and I remember walking around um, uh, Gramercy Park and because you can't go in unless you're like a resident or whatever mm-hmm. but you can walk around it and that whole like part of New York is really cool. But I remember walking around listening to Ashcroft uh, with that. I'm like, dude, I, f- I feel like I'm I'm in your head when you were writing yeah. this song about New York because it just has this energy. I love I love New York. With the the concept album, like, did do you come up with the concept first and then kind of fit all the pieces into that vision? Because like with other albums, you're just kind of like, let's just make a bunch of songs and put them together. Sure, a lot of this has been cathartic for me because there's some of these songs have sat gestating for like ten years and others. Uh, became something new the way that we worked is i (laughs) this was a cool process too um uh again brian foster who's like my little brother introduced me to this guy johnny what who became the producer for this and i was like yeah we should work together i was like dude i've got these songs they're ready is his name johnny what johnny what w-h-a-t johnny what what is a dope ass dude he's about to explode too not not because of me but because of a lot of the he's worked with fits in the tantrums he's uh working with some new artists that are coming up and he's you heard him here first he's legit legit um but he's kind of like a song whisperer Uh, the the way that he works is he goes uh, I was like dude uh, so the drums are doing this guitars are doing this there's some horns and some strings he's like cool I just need to hear the song man (laughs) (laughs) and and he said I I want an acoustic I want a vocal you're going to come over to my apartment and we're going to just lay it down and I'll call you in two weeks and I'll tell you what I come up with and the reason why is he said there's a place that that these songs are wanting to go to you can't take them there Mm mm-hmm um, and so I just need to hear what the song is, is saying to me. And sure enough, uh, like I remember far away, especially was like, what the fuck, dude? It was so crazy. It was such a departure. Cause I, okay, here's an acoustic. And I'm trying to like play all the parts that I hear with this, this one instrument. And two weeks later I get this version back. I'm like, what is this? And it was the, you know, early embryonic phase of, of what the song would become. And things invariably take on a new, as hands touch them, they change, they mm-hmm. grow and they evolve. And and so it went from an acoustic and a vocal to um, Johnny's sketches to pre-production with the band and then actually recording them and then the mixing takes on. So it's like this like multi-faceted process, yeah. process of, of how to do this. But um, so a lot of these have been like, I've got to get these songs out because they never were, they were never were released. Mm-hmm. And I feel that these are really good songs and, Leonard Cohen is is a um, I'm a huge fan of his and he he told a friend of mine that Foster once again he's getting a lot of plugs on this fucking Everybody podcast. Everybody loves Brian Jesus. Foster. Uh, Brian Foster, or Brian Wayne Foster, Brian W. Foster. I can't on remember Twitter? his Twitter. Yeah. I'm on it. Don't worry. You keep telling your story. Um, I'll give him a good plug. Uh, amazing writer, amazing musician, a good human. Um, but Leonard Cohen told him he said always write down whatever idea, song, poem, story that you have. Well, I got lists of ideas. Yeah, Tim's That's a all I do. He's but definitely he, a list Here's what's cool, though, is he said, he goes, your current self may not understand it, but your future self may be able to reveal it. That's so that. true. 
there's things I write down and then years later I'll look back at my notes I'm like Oh, oh man! Wow, that's mind travel. We are talking about <laughs> Brian W. Foster. Brian B-R-I-A-N-W. Foster. Brian W. Foster. Troy, I want to get you on at least two topics, so I want to close out Please. this with a question for yes. you. Um, I've I've been lucky enough to roll around this great world with you, yeah. and I've seen you play, and we've done panels at Momocon where you yes. did a, a set, and I've seen you play songs. I have a question that I am not prepared for. We have not talked about it before, done. so I don't know how you want to answer it. Okay. Give me as much as you can if you okay. want to. Last night, yeah. You played circle. Will, the circle will be unbroken. Yeah, and you you stopped in the middle of it. Dude, you got choked up. I got what the hell happened? I, man, I, I I didn't want to like turn into Sean Penn and like all of a sudden make this political stance or, or social stance on the stage. But um, and there was I don't even remember what I said, but there was also this diatribe earlier where I, it was after uh, like a stone. I was talking about how songs are like lovers. Now we can get so familiar with mm-hmm. them, and that. There's there's a comfortability that comes in that if anybody's ever been in a relationship or you know a relationship that's lasted longer than more than one night, um, where this person that was like oh she's so mysterious and she's so or you know he's so um, uh, sexy to me and everything and then you 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 realize that they're taking a shit in the next room and they're like oh, they're, not, they're not as cool as that other yeah <laughs> you know but there's also <laughs> there's a beauty peeps. in that to be like oh I get to be the person that gets to walk into the bathroom after they just like drop some major heat that's like there's a coolness to that you know um but then that's the way that songs become and then then one weird thing like there's a thursday night when they're wearing that one little thing and you're like holy shit i forgot that that's what the person looked like so it was i don't know if it was the room or what it was but there was a like really emotional vibe but i hit circle and uh i got to the, the the verse where it says um uh there are loved ones um Whose dear forms you often miss, um, and it says, you know, uh, now their circle um, has been broken. Will it be complete one day? And I don't know where it came from, but you know, Paris has has always been a very. Um, it sounds so stupid, but it's it's been a very integral part to who I am as a person. Because uh, when I was twelve years old, I, I went to Paris for the first time, and. I we were on a schedule. We had to be here at ten fifteen, here at eleven forty five. Going to Louvre and everything. <laughs> and me being, you know, a thirteen year old kid, I was like, I want to stop off in some cheesy souvenir store that's, you know, in the sixth district and and small. And it put us like fifteen minutes late to be at Notre Dame. And we finally get to Notre Dame. Everyone's pissed at me. They're like, oh God. And we get there, and there's always a crowd, but there was a static crowd, like, and it was in this perfect half sh- half moon shape, uh, opposite of, of the cathedral doors. And we knew something was wrong, and this ambulance pulled up. And literally 15 minutes before, a guy had jumped from Holy the shit. between the two spires, and I found out years later killed a girl on his way down. Holy crap! And so I'm standing there at 13 years old, and I'm I'm watching them as they sweep this guy into a bag. And, you know, hose down the spot where he was. And the, the summation of this guy's whatever sadness and, and, and his life ended was this faint crimson stain on these old cobblestones. And the ambulance leaves and they finally let the crowd circulate. And within 60 seconds, there's an entirely new group of people that are completely unaware of what just happened. And I just broke down. I just lost it. And it was the cycle of life. It was the futility of suicide. It was, you know, what really matters in your world and all all these things. And my sister, who's two and a half years older than me and just amazing, says, 
um, as the doors open, you see that they were doing a christening inside of a baby. And she goes, how interesting that outside one life was uh, was ending and inside one life was beginning. And I just like, <laughs> so and there's a picture of me that my parents have of me just like, you know, just standing off to the side and just crying and weeping. So Paris has always been near and dear to me. And it's, it's one of the few towns uh, outside of, you know, the town that I live in that I can navigate myself where I'm like, oh, there's a great patisserie over here. And there's, you know, not just landmarks, but like this, this little store, this little shop is right here. And you there's turn on this street. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I love Parisians, you know, I, I know I'm probably against the grain, but they're, they're some of the most hospitable people. They just don't put up with bullshit. And that's why Americans hate them because we're so <laughs> full of it. We are. But this last week, um, <laughs> this is why the party will never win the election. This is why the party won the election. This last week, um, Paris has fallen on dark days, and um, it, it saddens me the how people call upon a, a, an ideology and, and and a religion to somehow frame their horrific, selfish acts. Mm. And somehow justify that, and you know, I don't always agree with with what you know that the magazine Charlie Hebdo does. I think a lot of it's incredibly offensive, horribly offensive. But you know what? That's on me to get offended by. I don't have to be offended by that. You can say whatever you want about God, Jesus, Buddha, Allah, whatever you want. It's on me to go. You know what? That pisses me off. And you know what? Those things have been around a hell of a lot longer than me, and they're going to be just fine. For mm-hmm. Like it or not, they're going to be around. And they're going to withstand any slings and arrows that somebody fires at them. So it's a fucking magazine. Who cares? But the fact that these three people took it upon themselves to end the lives of of innocent people and was, was horrific. And, and to walk through this, this beautiful city with reckless abandon and just completely disrupt lives, just, it broke me. And there was this sadness that comes along with that, but there was also just this overwhelming beauty of seeing a city. And we, we don't have this here in the States where you see this city that goes, you know what? <laughs> We've been around the block a few times. And we've seen famine, we've seen war, we've seen pestilence, we've seen tyranny, we've seen invasion. We're going to be okay. And just to see a city and a world unite around one cause, which was, fuck you. We're Paris. And, and <laughs> we, we will rise, we'll rise above this. And, and not only that, but for people to stand up and say, freedom of speech and we're not going to be ruled by some tyrannical oppression because you have different beliefs than we do and you got your feelings hurt. Get fucked, dude. I don't care. And I'm sorry. And the other thing that pisses me off is that this automatically goes to people of the Islamic faith, which is bullshit as well because they're some of the most tolerant, patient, loving, gracious people. Honestly, if Christians could take more pages from the Islamic book, that the world would be a better place because I think a lot of times Christians are the ones that are way more bullheaded than than any Muslim is, and then there's this small sect of fuckheads that decide to fuck it up for everybody. It's always the fuckheads. Yeah, and it just it, it pisses me off. And those people in no way represent any faith at all, no faith at all. Because I believe that if you actually do believe in a, a higher power or a greater power or whatever, that should be urging you to do good and not fucking take up an automatic weapon and kill people. So that's that's what broke me last night, and I just I just thought about it. I was like, you know, 
will their circle be unbroken? Will And will it be complete one day? And it was just like, I don't know, man. It just hit me like a wave. So that's my little diatribe on religious persecution and freedom of speech. <laughs> All right. And so Paris. buy my album. Sitting so, in the vibe. So buy my album. <laughs> and uh-oh. So, yeah. It was, a, it was a good night. Always in with the fart sound. So yeah. comment. Tell us your favorite Troy Baker role. We'll pick one at random to win this. We'll autograph. We'll, got, mm-hmm. autograph, we'll get a pen eventually. Uh and that'll be that. Yeah. And of course, buy it on iTunes. You can go buy it right now. Google Play. Yeah, you can buy it on iTunes. TroyBaker.net is actually where you can get these. Uh, these are actually limited edition. We, we only did one printing. We're not going to do another one. If we do another one, it'll be completely different. Um, so TroyBaker.net, you can click on the store and buy it there. You can go to CD Baby and get it there. Um, or you're, some lucky person is going to get it here. Okay. I love you guys, man. We love you. Thank you so much for coming. Much, man. This is cool. I'm, I'm a big fun. fan of these soft cases, too. Classy. Yeah, yeah dude. Classic. Classic. It's all recycled uh, wood, and there's got uh, it's got artwork. It's got a liner notes and credits yeah. and everything. It's a full fold-out poster of this lovely chair picture um, with all the lyrics. And That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I'm big into CD collecting, so this Dig warms it. my heart. Dig it. Yeah. Tim. Yes. Oh, yes. We're running short on time. Do you okay. want to do your topic? I do. What's your topic? Okay. I do. I do. Let's go for so, it. my topic is impressions. I cannot do any impressions, okay. and it's upsetting to me oh, because God. Nick has an amazing Here we go. Christopher Walken. I have the Walken. world's worst Christopher Walken impression. I want to hear it. And I'm betting you have a great Christopher Walken. D- just give me, give me one word. We're, go we got to make the circle real quick. It's fine. There you go. It's not bad. Now, Greg, yeah. you have Morgan Freeman. Oh, and the waters are receded. <laughs> and we got Colin over here with Bane. Yes. Oh, I, wait, wait, wait. Yes, brother. Yeah, that's what there, I, there you go. <laughs> I apologize. So I, I do not have one. I just can't do it. The oh. only thing I can do, and whenever I do any accent, it ends up being a really bad Arnold. All I got is, Jalu. This is all I can do. And that's it. And I don't it know. Blows me like, away, though. That's pretty good. That's a good Arnold. My, like, your Arnold's pretty good. My Bane is getting worse the more I think about getting it. Way the, worse. It's getting worse and worse. I love how But something tells me that Troy got a couple cool things up his sleeve. And Sorry. I want you to. to when did can you, you do? Can you do walking? I need to know. Here we come. Let's stop right. Let's stop before he goes into it. He's already got the mannerisms yeah. down. You can't see his mouth because we've so, had to go back to these old mics, which we should probably well, shut up. Stop talking for a second. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> Hearing voices in my head to the left and the right. Camera in my face for no reason. Sure, you're subscribing to this insanity. Something that what I actually do is. Nolan North doing Christopher Walken is more my speed. He's fantastic. He's a good guy. Sure, listen to him. Games, uh, TV, doesn't matter. He's everywhere. I'm everywhere he's not. One day we when we no, go to LA when we do the, go to LA we need to get him and Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum on the same yeah. show. Dude. Walk, we gotta do that. A walking off. off. You don't like a Rosenbaum? Wow. You know him? There's, no, oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Nolan North who you could walk into. Oh, is yeah. that what no, you're saying? Oh no, Nolan North literally does walk-in for like looping for for movies. Really? Yeah, he was telling us that last time. Nolan, yeah. Nolan yeah. North does walk-in. So there's like, oh my god, we've got to do it all in walk-in. Town. There's like no walk-in. It's like no stairway in Wayne's World. It's yeah. like no walk-in. Everybody goes, I want to do my Christopher Walken, but everybody picks like their their period. Yeah. Of uh, like you know, do you do like you know Dead Zone walk-in? Yeah. Do you do more like you know Deer Hunter walk-in? What, what you know? What do you do? What's your walk-in? What's what's your period for walk-ins? Suicide Kings. Oh, yeah. Of course. Long time since been out with the boys. Got a horrible thing. I, uh, so you are the man 
Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Your Arnold's not bad. I think that you should like pick the most random, like like that guy. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do Glenn Moore shower. Like that would be you need to look up that. I don't even know who that is. But you do. That's okay. that's do, the do thing. Let's okay. see if we know him. Glenn Morshower has been in every Michael Bay movie you've okay. ever seen. This is great. Red hair. He played General oh, Morshower yes. in Transformers 2. Even though he died in the first. <laughs> Glenn Morshower was an amazing human being anyway, but he and he also played, if you play Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 2. Three, yeah, Modern, I think it was Modern Warfare Three. He played uh, Overlord, mm. and he's like, "We're picking up every resistance to the North." At Hunter on Hunter One to Hunter Actual, it's so good, so good. This is he was just, so. What are your go-to impressions, though? I, I had, I, I mean, I hear you do a pretty good Joker. <laughs> that's a role sure. that's different <laughs> you know you know what's so funny is that, uh, and this is not to knock his performance at all, but Heath Ledger was really doing Tom Waits. Really? Yeah, it, it, even admitted he was like, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan, and uh, if you watch any uh, Tom Waits videos, uh, he sounds like this. So that's where he got it from? So that's where he got it from. Interesting. He's a huge Tom Waits fan, and just the whole mannerisms. Uh, it's great. Watch Tom Waits, even as like a 19-year-old on David Letterman. He's uh, smoking. Uh, just Not David Letterman, but um, anyway. Look, YouTube Tom Waits yeah, yeah, videos, yeah. and they're fucking incredible. That's awesome. I don't know, man. I um, I ended up, I was doing a Let's Play with Naomi Kyle and, and Brian Altano, and we we ended up doing um, somehow like uh, 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 a Jeff Bl- uh, Goldblum, uh, somehow came in the mix, and uh, we we were we were talking about... About it, so you can do it if you want to. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always say Jeff Goldblum plays himself, and he's the same character. Dude, he is. I, I I've seen <laughs> yes. it. If you if you've never seen him play, he, he plays quite often now in, in in L.A. He's an incredibly accomplished jazz pianist. And I was flying to New York, and I uh, sit down on my seat and everything. I look over, I was like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "Hi, I'm 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 Jeff." And I was like, oh, I'm not. Uh, it, it, was, it was Jeff Goldblum. I got to sit next to him during a flight, and 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 uh, he he is that guy. He's like, oh, oh he's very very intelligent, uh, uh, of course. Uh, but you 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 are Troy, and uh, okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but the resolution. But I, I looked at his. He had. I have an affinity for for socks and and oh, these I, sock I, photos I you post on Twitter all the it's time. It's the I was talking to I got a publicist in New York. I was like, where the fuck did the sock thing come from? I was like, dude, it was the most random thing that I could think of. But the philosophy is that life is too short to wear boring socks. That's true. And yeah. so um, I, you, you, everybody, you get on the plane and you pop your shoes off. You gotta have the good socks. No, no, Nick, Nick, Nick that socks one. These are what we're rocking today. Yellow polka dots. Let's hold yeah. them up. Hold them I up actually the just joined uh, a sock club. Yeah, there you go. Sock in, of the month. Sock club. Sock it to me. Sock club London. And and for I think it's it's something stupid. It's like forty five pounds, so it's like sixty bucks or whatever. They send you a, a pair of socks every month. Wow, it's pretty cool. So anyway, I'm uh, I'm kind of getting out of my seat and I walk past, and he's got his legs kicked up, and we both have our feet off, and he's got these Paul Smith socks. On, and I said, uh, "Nice socks." He goes, "Oh." 
And then he looks down and we're like wearing similar socks. He goes, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like we're hip to each other in some way. Can you, can you do me so a anyway. huge favor next time you see Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Can you act like, oh, fuck, it's Jeff Goldblum again. Can you just like Jeff. look? Can you just look at him like, oh. JG, good to see you again, buddy. It's really kind of good. I don't want to do this again. Well, it's like a like, I just don't want to go back into this where, again. Like, like Larry David sees the same random people over and over again. He's like Wanda Sykes or something. Yeah, yeah. And he just ends up getting tired of oh, seeing them over and over again. Yeah. He he actually does... Uh, he, he plays a lot of times... Uh, completely blanking on the name of the, of the club that he plays at a lot but he plays piano like he talks he's like oh, oh yeah there's a very, very good tune like, oh, no, no, no. and I was like and the CD and I like that tune he's like, oh that's good. Really good but he'll only play like that way so it's like you'll get a snippet of a song and he well there it is <laughs> God, that's so good. Jeff I'm gonna get the Jeff Goldblum piano remix album. Oh my, oh my God. God, that would be the ultimate. It'd be like, hey, Jeff Goldblum, please remix my album. Oh, oh, uh, re, 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 uh, you do, you, you, you do the remix uh, and do the remix of it, and then and then remix the remix, and and and, and it was selling a new album. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Anyway. That, I would like this topic to go on forever. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you have a car to catch the airport, Mr. Baker. We do. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly and get out of your hair, but I want to come back. I'm I'm so I'm I'm happy for you guys. I, I I strongly support you. You guys have balls. Thank you. The size of my own for for venturing out on your own and and for doing thank you. This. Well, thank you for all the support. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, pick up his album. Please. We, we promoted it yesterday. Sitting in the fire. Yep. Get it everywhere. Yep. TroyBaker.net. Find out when he's coming to your town. Done. Buy his video games. Yep. Pressure him on Twitter to shave his beard. No. no. Why? Why would he? By the way, I just I want you guys to know something. You, you, you can. If you look in the confidence monitor over here, it does look a little bit like this is the Last Supper. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Just a little, like a, like a hipster Last Supper. That's awesome. Hipster it's, Last it's Supper. It's like the Silver Lake Last Supper. We have our first poster for Kind of Funny <laughs> Store. <laughs> yeah, I see the one guy going, like, but it's like this, like, fuck you, man. I ordered Americano, bitch, and from Intelligentsia. Only <laughs> <laughs> people in Los Angeles got that. <laughs> All right. Troy Baker, what a lovely... What a great guy. What he a lovely scum. gentleman. He makes me feel a little incompetent, doesn't it? He oh makes me God. feel like ugly. If, if I were to makes ever... Me feel a little ugly. He makes me feel ugly. That's a good way to put it's it. It's not even the, the beauty factor of how beautiful the man is. It's the fact that he is just an ocean of interesting details. Yeah. I asked him why he choked up at the song, and I thought, oh, it reminded me of my grandmother or something like that. Yeah. It's nope. this incredibly detailed story about Paris and this whole traumatic life. He is an life artist. The Notre Dame. Through and I know. through. Yeah, yeah. God, What's we're, crazy we're too? Here talking about GI Joes usually. <laughs> he comes I, in and he talks about bourbon for like a half hour. Then he starts talking about watches with Nick. Yeah, he's he's very for, well. I lost track of time. I he's a renaissance. He's a renaissance. He man. is a renaissance. And man. I really appreciate him. I do too. I love Troy Baker. I love that. I, I was like, I, I guarantee Troy Baker is going to do an amazing Christopher Walken. And I just said it, and he just went into it, and it was like you guys can't hear because you're not well. You can hear, but you're not what? hearing it in the headphones. <laughs> hey. It's spot on. Like, if you close your eyes, it sounds like anything he's done in the last, yeah. I don't know, 20 years. Mm. It's walking. Very talented individual. Stupidly talented. Makes me hate him. I wanted to ask him when he makes his new record if I can do drums or percussion on one of his songs. You should. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email him. And I want to drop a hot verse. I want to be the guy that Jeff Goldblum on piano. I want to be like, what was, what was his producer's name? John what? Yeah. I want to be that guy because I want to just sit on the couch and chill out and then go into the forest and have like a moment. I didn't get a chance to ask him. Uh, Troy, what drug goes best with this crazy, like, hallucination album that he's made? Mm. Oh, his concept album? Here? Yeah. Sitting in the Fire, available now everywhere. Mm. And Troy Baker. Opium. Do you think opium? That's a, that's pretty, that's a hard drug. Probably mushrooms. Do you think well, shrooms? Yeah, let's, let's, let's say mushrooms cleaner. go. Let's, I think Comet. he's clean. I think we're just, you know. 
reading into it. Reading like, into well, it. Oh, no, we don't, we're not saying that Troy Baker does drugs. Mm-hmm. We're saying, saying what drug accompanies the album. What pairs list. well with there the album. There you go. Yep. Like, you Coca-Cola. know how you have You don't know. Yeah, I was going to say pure one. You have no idea. Mm. You haven't lived the life drugs of Drugs are bad, Adam. Okay. You ever bad. had two Advil? I'll tell you what. Damn. <laughs> I stay away from that. I was at four the other night. I go right to the emergency room. So we rushed through the intro, of course. Because we had a rush. We want to make sure we got as much time with Troy for you, the viewer, as possible. Mm-hmm. I do want to double back to something that's important. You may have noticed. I'm sure you've been commenting in the comments below. We're using the old mics. Ooh, they're back. We heard you loud and clear that the lapels are great for the live stream because there's only two of us. But when we do the lapels for the, the four-man streams, it doesn't work out that well, at least in this room because it's echoey. Yeah, yeah so this we- room's not exactly. It's This room for a sound engineer is a nightmare. Weird angles, low ceiling, like just an open closet. A window. An entire wall of glass. Yeah, like it's just yeah. like Greg's in it shit. screaming. What's funny is the open closet actually maybe helps out a little bit because the clothes at least damp. Yeah, it's damp. It's dampened. But, damp and dank. Damp. But yeah, uh, you guys will hear. I mean, th- we, so we had, we had we talked about this and as we do everything, we vote and then whoever just gets loudest probably usually wins. We had a nice civil discussion about this and uh, we decided we'd go back to it and now listening to you guys through these headphones again arguably no contest yeah, yeah so we, we it do it we, I, I mean we sincerely apologize yeah sorry about, about that guys yeah okay. it's one of those you know for a long time people would talk about our faces getting right. hidden but then when our faces were exposed I don't think anybody was like thinking it was that much Yay! better <laughs> yeah they were like hey we'd rather be able to we'd rather you be able to you know what go like back behind muffled. the mic you know what shit, we try yeah. well god I didn't know Colin's beard looked like that pull, <laughs> pull it back pull it back a bit um, also I feel like we're doing so much content now that features us outside of the room sure. that it's okay to have you know one piece of content go up a day that that Looks like we all have giant comical like O mouths, right? You know, o mouths. Well, we're not blocked at all. You okay. and I are. We're fine. Well, I get up here a lot, but Colin, now you got to rides it. Colin gets right in there. I, like I, this, I, this right is how you use the microphone. Yeah, that's always been. But nice. I sound good. Well, I'm, just, I'm really loud, so that's probably yeah. You, I, you, me uh, getting back away you, from it's a good idea. I was gonna say you enunciate, but that's not true. You project. Yeah, I project <laughs> a lot. You do. When you get loud, by the way, it literally sounds like someone slammed into my ears. I'm sorry, and I like it. It wakes me up. I've often Stabbed thought, like, needles. it's one of those things, back at IGN when we do Let's Plays and people would yell at me that I'm too loud, it's when they would give me the headset and leave it cranked up that I would be quieter. And let me, that'd probably be the easiest way to rein me in, because I just don't know. <laughs> well, okay. that's what happened to Tim that's on the fun. first episode of the Gamescast. Oh, yeah. My God. And that's the thing that people have to get, that's the thing people have to get used to. I like, I mean, we've talked about it on the, well, actually, no, we didn't talk about it on the show. Like, I was talking last week about how I think I have tinnitus because I play drums for years mm-hmm. without ear protection. Yeah. And that was the same thing. It's like I need to hear myself playing, and when I have my headphones on or noise cancels, I don't feel like I'm being loud enough because I'm mm-hmm. not. So it's like a weird. It's right. like a weird kind of. You need to hear yourself. That's why all musicians are. Fucking uh, it was the weirdest thing though. The first episode of Gamecast when I had the headphones on, I just couldn't be me. Like I was just like it takes. I felt it takes a little super constrained. I was like, oh, it takes a lot of shit. getting timid. used to. You timid. were timid. Yeah, timid about oh, Tim. You'll get it. I mean, you're gonna do it. We're, we're doing another one tomorrow. We'll put you on the mm-hmm. board. This board sounds better, by the way. And you right. can actually just turn down the monitors a little bit so you can't really hear yourself. Turn down for what? Turn down for what? But I recommend it. It's, it's actually interesting because I've noticed a since I started doing this podcast, my dad actually noticed. He was watching the other day and he was like, you, because normally I speak so quickly and I kind of mumble a little bit. Yeah. He's like, when you're on camera, you speak, I enunciate a lot better and I slow down my speech a little mm-hmm. bit and it's because I can hear myself. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's like speech therapy, so to speak. I did a I did a business call today for kind of funny, with a business partner who our business that wants to partner with us, mm-hmm. and the woman on the other end of the phone isn't really in our industry, but she's seen me at events before, like when I host panels, and so I was just rambling about what we do and how we do it. And she's just like, "Wow, 
And I'm like, I know it's impressive, right? And she's like, No, you just you talk like that all the time. Yeah, I thought you just talked. That was like your persona on stage. No, but no that's how thing. you talk. I'm like, what, yeah, it is. what business? What, should we just call it Business X for now? Oh yeah, Business cool. X. Business X. Business X. Business X. CEO Um, Nick, what's your topic? My topic usually comes from the community, guys. And I'm sorry, this year, uh, this time, I'm gonna actually do one of my own. Uh, Yo, remember, fuck you, community. If you have topics, give us show, all those G's. No, we're out. No, okay, I've got a great. I've got all your topics. Topics. I've got a list of them. Uh, remember, tweet at me, Nick underscore Scarpino. If you have topics for the show, please put GOG topic in the subject line. Uh, if you want to see us sponsored by Portillo's, tweet Hello, at Nick. Nick Scarpino, no underscore. No underscore. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves that. I heard he was really into that. He's super into it. Dude, he, he, loves lo- it. he loves it. He's, he's probably just, got at least 100 Twitter followers. From yeah. This. He's just playing some goofy thing. Everybody talks to me about it, too. When they like when I did my final up at Noon with Troy the other day, I was talking to the audience, and they were like, that's crazy. And I'm like, what? It's the fact that, you, that there's a Nick Scarpino. The world's so small for you guys yeah. that the other Nick Scarpino gets hired by your favorite restaurant. I'm like, I don't know. It's just gets kids, happen, as they man. say. So it's I'm going to be a little selfish this time, and I'm going to do one of my own topics. And it's a topic I've wanted to do for a very, very, very long time. I want to talk about film, and I want to talk specifically about what were the best movies of 2014. Let's crank mm, it back. Let's I rewind it. I'm let's rewinding rewind the film. It. Unpack it. Let's, put let's, the, let's unpack this. Unpack all the I, shells I just watched the film. The Golden Globes. Now, the Golden Globes, as everyone knows, used to be kind of a joke. Now it is sort of like a feeder to the Oscars. So if you Mm -hmm. win a Golden Globe, people are saying, oh, you're a shoe in to get an Oscar. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but most of the time it does. So it reminded me of all the great films that have come out this year. Uh, you got films like uh, Inception. You've got films. Inception did not come out this year. Not Inception, excuse me. Interstellar. Why do I always get those two confused? Wow. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, wow, that came out that last year. I thought I saw that like three Gone years. Girl. Like, it was that and Anaconda. Gone Girl. So I wanted to go around the table and ask. I mean, you, it doesn't have to be a critically acclaimed films. Just films that stuck out for you in 2014. Um, and maybe we'll do another topic on next week's show when we've done a little research and figured out what we're excited about for 2015. Because mm. we're at the beginning of that year as well. Yes. But just right now, specifically. Avengers 2. Furious Seven is definitely number one. And six, Furious Seven, Star Wars Seven, and then it could be other stuff. Is Star Wars this year? Didn't he ask which was the favorite movie first though? Yeah, but we just jumped to the interesting part of the conversation. I mean, we can talk about what was last year's favorite movie. For me, it's Gone Girl. I have to give it to that. Like Guardians was really great, and um, like Guardians was fun. It was a lot of fun, but like Gone Girl, I went into it knowing absolutely nothing, which is the only way to go into that. And um, I, you and everyone else that saw Guardians, exactly, because <laughs> no, no one read that comic book. No, 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 no. Gone he was Girl. talking about Gone. Oh, Girl. Gone Girl. Yeah, yeah, I had I, I read Guardians yeah, going bef- into it before. Anyways, the movie came out. You're like, I gotta know everything about this. Gone so Girl. Easter eggs. Went into it. and I'm like, whatever. This is it's gonna be okay. And I was blown away by it. I was like so into it, so intrigued. It reminded me a lot of Death Note, which, as you all know, I enjoy quite some bits. This anime, and uh, it's it's. Similar in a lot of ways, just in the the way it's set up and just like how the story develops and all the twists and stuff. And oh man, I was just the entire time I was engaged. And I, I had no idea what was happening yeah. next, and I wanted to know what was going to happen. And it was great. I loved it. And like some people are upset with the ending. I have a feeling this topic might get a little spoilery, so but unless we hold back from that. But does anyone well, care out there about Gone Girl? Yeah, I care. I mean, okay. I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, but okay. so. A lot of people are upset Preferably. with the end. I'm not upset with the end at all. Not I thought it was either. totally fine. I, yeah. I, my question is, it's an upsetting end. Yes, exactly. But, but it's I wasn't like, oh, what is this garbage? Yeah, but my it's thing with that is it's whenever people say stuff like that, I always am like, what would you have rathered? Right. And I know it's not their job to come up with that, but yeah. no one's ever given me a good answer. It's always just like. The only reason, without getting super spoily, that I was upset with the ending was because it had a few leaps of logic that I just couldn't wrap my head around. Fair enough. And that was that was my only. And Sean Finnegan and I got into this where he was like, no, I think they set it up well. And they did set it up well. 
but it wasn't the the sort of this. It's not really a twist at the end. It just kind of ends in a in a, in a weird and yeah. odd way. It ends in a checkmate. Yeah, the, the where... end is fine. I'd say that like the the, the leading into that, the very very end. Like, it's like there's would, no way no, that would happen no in real life. And Whereas so, the rest of the movie was so realistic, real, right? where it could have happened. And so that's my biggest. That's the only flaw with that film. I liked Ben Affleck in it. Like Rosamund Pike. Aliens. Uh, liked aliens. I was ruining the movie yeah. for him. Oh yeah, it's it, yeah. it's it everything's totally normal. There's this it's actually it's a spinoff just, of Aliens. It is a prequel to Fire in the Sky. Mm. Nice, which is crazy. It turns out at the end it happened in the same Independence Day universe, and this is the prequel yeah. to. Indi- Who's butt were they probing would, in? Uh, it in was all happening in DB Sweeney's butt. Oh okay. Oh, the whole, oh, the, whole the entire movie yeah. happens in his small in his aliens. Anus, in his small aliens. Small aliens. That movie was phenomenal. That, that actually took me by surprise too. My wife is one of those people who reads the book every single time and then proceeds Before? to tell me, yeah, hmm. like she, but she, well, like she reads a ton. And so what happens is she finds the book, reads it, and then a year or two later they're like, yeah. "Oh, we're making a movie out of this." She goes, "No." So she's always that person that's like, "The book was better. The book was better. The book was better." But I'm like, "Just tell the me book's what almost always better." In this one, she was like, "This is pretty spot on, though." Well, she I heard like, that. Uh, exactly so the the writer of the book, I don't, Gillian Flynn. Sure, Gillian. Oh, maybe? Gillian. I don't know. I'm stupid. To um, Gillian on her 37th birthday. It's Jillian. Jillian? Yeah. Yes. Oh, anyway, so so she was uh, one of the screenwriters. Like, so she actually worked yes. on the the movie version. So there was changes, but they were her changes. Yeah. Uh, so that's why it holds up. Which is clutch, and that doesn't. That's never the case. Yeah. They, they very very seldom let the actual author work as the screenwriter. This is why I hold out hope for the Last of Us movie. Neil Druckmann's there. He is He's there. making sure it happens. He's got a big bushy well, beard. It's his IP. All right. So Gone Girl definitely on the list for me. Um, Guardians. I had a great time, but I would never sit there and be like, it was the best movie I saw. That's the thing. Like, I wouldn't either, but as soon as you asked that question. That's what popped those, in your head. That, yeah, it popped in my head. So yeah. Interstellar, I think I would love, but I never saw it because they just won't put it on, on demand oh, yet. It was, it, was on demand. it was good. It wasn't Gone Girl to me. Like, it was good. I it, really liked it. it. There's a half hour of that movie that I fucking hate. I think it's garbage, and it doesn't make any sense. That's, it's a Nolan movie. But but it's weird because it's not the there's last always, half hour. It's not the first half no. hour. It's just a random half hour. There's the spot from the – there's a few uh, there's a few in, uh, problems with that film. And I've, I've noticed this about Nolan is that Nolan is not a perfect filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no such thing as a perfect filmmaker. There's no such thing as a perfect artist, right? There's no such thing as Mike a perfect Ransky. game. Mike Ransky is amazing. Phobia, check it out. It's in Walgreens. No, Walmart. <laughs> I really hope it's in Walgreens. I was Walgreens. like, dude, it'd be dope if it was in Walgreens. I was like, oh, it's right next to the Lucky Charms. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I come to j- – I just sort of take Nolan at what he does. And he he's, he's a grand storyteller. And some yeah. parts of those stories, I'm just going to be like, I, this is a little weird. It can't be pr- – it's a three-hour epic. So mm-hmm. at some point, you're going to be like – so we had a lot of character development at the beginning. Then right around the second act, all of a sudden, they do like a little quick training montage. And this yeah. dude that hasn't trained to be an astronaut in like 20 years. He's just chilling. Just, boom, we're up. Yeah. We're up. Like, they, we got that awesome IMAX shot of the ring. Like, the the Colin, you got to watch this movie. Because yeah. you would love this. They have this the, the beautiful shots of the ship breaking apart as it's going into the stratosphere and like the outer atmosphere and things like that. And you're like, okay, they're in space. And then... Then all of a sudden, the, then they're at the... There's thing. a celebrity homie... Guest appearance. Yeah, well, that, well, well, let me spoil everything here. <laughs> like, what? That was weird. Now, this sounds just... I mean, you're just, it sounds a lot like Dark Knight Rises. Here's a montage of Bruce Wayne getting his groove back after getting the robot leg and all this other crap. It's, it's like, wait wait a second. You couldn't walk around a second ago. He likes to... But it was that without the montage. There was no montage. Yeah, he just kind of is in he just space. Went to space. I thought you just said there was astronaut montage. No, there's this like... Not, one, I'm just like, saying, I don't watch this movie. I don't know what's happening. obligatory... Uh, Nolan, hey, this movie is really complex, so we're going to show you five quick kind of montage-like scenes where we explain the science behind all this. Gotcha. Right? So they're like, 
they're in the boardroom and he's and they're like, oh no, something put this black hole here. We know there's something on the other side of it. We've sent people there before. We haven't yeah. gotten contact with them. Then they're like walking around. There's three planets we have to go to. Then they're like like chilling at the snack bar, like eating the Snickers. And the guy and like Michael Caine's like, well, you got to leave your daughter behind. And he's like, so basically the entire movie is told in these like this little vignette. Gotcha. Yeah. Then we go to space and some weird shit happens. Yeah, yeah don't like, tell me about really it. Really weird shit happens. Do they find Jodie Foster? So beautifully filmed. They do not no. What if that was the cross? I mean, the weird thing is what they're going to find is that she fell right through to the ground, but there was 18 minutes of static on the video, and that is that is the big that is the big problem. Content, content, content. Another another story where the book is better than the movie, but the movie was the movie was awesome. Carl Sagan, Carl Sagan, what? Carl Sagan, what? Carl Sagan, what? Um, Tim, do me a favor. That's bugging me. Just move that velcro strap down so it doesn't look like your cord has a penis. This thing there. Move it down. Just move it. Just scoot or it down r- roll bit. it together. That's fine. Here's what I want to talk about for 2014 movies. Mm-hmm. For me, as someone who doesn't watch movies often, it was finally the year of the digital movie, mm-hmm. where I finally got to watch everything on watch the, the on the demand. I, I still haven't watched the interview. I don't watch a lot of movies here. Stick funny with me. You get what you ask for. I know. North Korea mm-hmm. hacked our uh, Sony. Yeah. Instead of Sony. hacked our Sony, <laughs> and they are our they, Sony. They they, they hacked <laughs> our, our ma- a major motion picture studio. Yeah. And this big movie, uh, did you guys watch the Golden Globes at all? No. no. Uh, that, uh, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey had a great joke about the interview where she was like, and we all had to pretend like we were going to go see it. Yeah. And none of us actually saw it. But they get hacked. It fi- it comes out day and date on digital. Like yep. two days later, it's yep. already on Xbox. It's, on P- it's, a- it's everywhere you want to be. And yep. you still don't watch it. Yeah, here- but that's not what he wanted, though. It's another movie. You know? No, if it here- was X-Men. Here's the problem that I'm sure you... Can you can attest to in this? Yeah. I'm calling to an extent too. Tim, not because he's the pure one. The problem with watching movies is that I'm in a committed relationship, which means when I do have two hours right. where I'm like, I want to watch not a video game. I want to have somebody like I was talking about on uh, Colin and Greg live today. I want something to speak at me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak to it. Right. I have to go through the queue, and my queue is stacked with movies I want to see, yeah. but that Christine has no one. She doesn't yeah, want to see the interview. That... She doesn't want to see Snowpiercer. She doesn't want to see Dallas Buyers Club. So it's like, well, it's, whatever. It's then. so frustrating because like, I have that problem, too, where I'm like, oh, there's this great documentary. You want to watch this movie? Want... No, no. I just want to watch The Good the good Wife. Mm. Yeah, see, I, like, right, that's I, fine. I, I, I need to great. get with Steimer because then it means Steimer can just watch Spice World over and I've over. thought about that, actually. Yeah. Trading just off trading to off. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have similar tastes. I'm sure she would much rather trade to you, trade me for you as well. Just, too. just for yeah. Spice World. I no, just just for just you. Generally, you're younger, you're there's hotter. A, there's a quote you got more in that going movie. for you. It said, "Hold on to your knickers, girls," and then they start driving the bus fast. Classic. There's aliens in that movie. There's, Spice World's a weird are. movie. Spice it's World really is a weird movie. It's got Roger Moore in it, though. But right? I watched a lot of I watched a lot of stuff on demand. I, and I, here's the thing: now that everything's on demand, I, this is something I never did in the video store, and I would never do with a movie theater. Is that I take chances now. Yeah. Christine Ooh. and I will sit there. We will go through Amazon. We will stack pack the watch list with things we watch the trailers for and it's like what if with daniel radcliffe i'm like oh that looks that could be good whatever yeah exactly actually and then like uh um ruby sparks now this isn't a 2014 movie but to me they are this is what i'm one of the big things right (laughs) ruby sparks we drop in there that looks interesting you know uh, life after beth which there's not a chance in hell i would have seen you know what i mean but it's like a a rom-com zombie movie or whatever with uh aubrey plaza but you won't watch that's my boy you still won't watch That's My Boy. You have never invited me back to watch Well, That's you my said boy. no once to That's My Boy. It's not like I'm going to assume that you lost in a vote in the living room. Oh I'm so, I had chemo, <laughs> too. I, I, I had chemo brain. <laughs> I had chemo brain. I didn't, wasn't thinking clear. No, you clearly weren't thinking clear. Did it lose Little Nicky? It well, lost. No, we, we went, we went to, <laughs> no, it lost to Rock of Ages. Oh, shit. And I was, I was sitting here. I'm like, let's watch the trailer. <laughs> and it's so funny with the new, new Kids on the Block tattoo and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, this is great. It's great Adam Sandler. And they're like, oh, you want to watch Rock Ages? I'm like, all right, I'm out. And they enjoyed yeah. it. I'm like, how was that, guys? You, you, you glad, you didn't, you really glad you didn't watch uh, That's My Boy? Had a few laughs? 
guy gets nailed with a baseball, I think, in one part of the movie. <laughs> Probably. There's always the baseball there's always the baseball bat to the nuts in yeah, every yeah. Adam Sandler yeah, yeah. movie. It's a so classic. That was that was a, a rare Greg Miller miss. Yeah, oh not as rare as you might think. But uh, oh, speaking of which, by the way, we, we, Greg and I were watching Happy Gilmore a week or two ago, and Billy Madison. I watched a few days ago. It was on mm-hmm. TV. Man, those movies are still still Billy so really good. So good. Now, Ooh. now here here's the the best movie of last year, and it came out at Christmas 2013. So I'm going to allow it. Sure, I'll allow uh, it. Uh, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Now oh. I just now I just I just yeah. saw it not too long ago, and that Netflix. movie is fantastic. So Such a good movie. First of all, most, I still haven't seen it, so this is I'm going to have to pull the spoilers. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no spoilers. You cannot no spoil this. Movie. I'll tell you that much okay. of it takes place on the Long Island, which gives it many, mm. many extra Get points. points. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I were watching because we watched uh, Django Unchained, which I never mm. seen. Yeah. And then the next day we watched uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Oh, you're and I was and I was like, because I'm, I'm trying to catch up on the sta- kind of the staples that yeah, I missed. Yeah. And because uh, I really am trying to make a, a, an attempt to see many more films this year mm-hmm. as they come out, as opposed to like going back. And man, Leonardo DiCaprio is just, I really feel like the best actor that of our time. Like, I really feel, like, I really feel that way. Like, so he's good. incredible. And when I think about, I think about him on Growing Pains, and I think about him even in Titanic, and, like, everyone just thought he was hot, and he was handsome, but Romeo and Juliet, like, right. when everyone's like, oh, he's just so high, he's, like, kind of a heartthrob, like, JT yeah. or something like that. JT. Never in the 90s did I ever think that this guy was going to be the Back, seminal like the, the actor of our time. Actor, yeah. The same thing with um, I always forget his name. I don't know why I always forget his name. The guy that was in Third Rock from the Sun. And now he's like oh Joseph Gordon. Gordon. Like he's another yeah. guy where I'm like he's just a character Yo, in this a, random. He has long hair. That's cute. And, and like now he's like an amazing, just an amazing, broad Don John. actor. That movie was weird. I saw that movie. That movie was, it was a little. Weird. It was a little weird. But if he's in a great film called Brick, if you get a chance to see it, it's Ryan Brink? Johnson Brick. I know. It's, no, not it's, it's a long going Finnegan joke. Oh, geez, He's watching. Louise. He'll appreciate it. Uh, if you get a chance, Premium I don't Rush? think it's on Netflix anymore, but Brink. <laughs> shit. Yes. Brick is an amazing film. It's Ryan Johnson's first film. He's uh, not Well, not first film. I think he did Brothers Bloom first, but then he did Brick. Uh, and the then one, he did Looper. It's the one about rollerblading. No, Brick's no. the one with like the kids. It's a film noir. Right? It's, it's a got... noir film in high school about exactly. Yeah, it's got like, the, like the hand is the cover, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Looper, I like that was the one I about like the, that was the one about the kid that like went crazy, right, with his superpowers. He had superpowers, yeah. But then he Spoilers. went like nuts. Well, he was just he was going to become a bad guy, and Bruce yes. Willis. They went with his dad and all that kind of. It's, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt versus Bruce Willis, and they're both the same person from different time. Uh, maybe Chronicle. Yeah, that's the one. Chronicle. Sorry, I was like Shout out to Max Landis. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, just, I saw that one mentioned. randomly in the movie there. Uh, also, one of the best movies of 2014 is, and it's still, and it didn't even come out in 2014. Lincoln. Is, is obviously uh, the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> now, I'm going to take issue with you saying you know Christopher Nolan's a flawed um, filmmaker, and he might he's be a great filmmaker. He might be. Well, he's got just like everyone. He's got. His he's flaws, got. Right? I'm saying he doesn't make a perfect film. But the the Dark Knight Rises was so perfect that. It actually became the best movie of 2014, mm-hmm. in addition to being the best movie of 2013, and, and it was even the best movie of 2012. If you yeah. had to pinpoint one character, mm-hmm. one character arc in that right. film that really kind of nailed and, and like hammered it home for you, right. who would it be? Bane, and I'm going to tell you why. Why is because, that? Because because uh, it it all started in the very beginning on the plane. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, when they have the ba- they have the bag over his head. Yeah. And they're asking him if he talks and he has anything to say. And they take the bag off and 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 he he basically goes into his whole diatribe about you know uh, that they didn't care about him until he put on the they mask. They didn't care about him, and that you know the that they needed to find someone in the wreckage, and that was right. really the the moment that I really understood that this movie was going to be perfect and from beginning to end. I it mean, it's exactly one of those things where, like, I, I like you know, have, are you guys familiar with the movie Selma? That's a, that's a the biography about Martin Luther King. Yes, Junior. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it's not it on demand. No, it's not. I haven't watched um, it yet, but I'm familiar with it. They say that it's a very, very good character study uh, on Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
Um, but they also say that it is just a tick below Bane. Uh, I was waiting for just, where I was like, where is where the punchline coming? This, yeah. this uh, was my thing when we suggest when this topic was suggested early. I was just like, Colin and I will have nothing to say on this topic, and we will only derail it. <laughs> and I'm no, glad we've established that's, that. That's what this is, though. Going back to Wolf of Wall Street, I will say that you said Django Unchained. That's my movie of last year. Great movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Love yeah, that really movie. fantastic. That might be my favorite movie of all time. Got and I know that great shows shot. how young and stupid have I am. You, that's fantastic. And my question for Colin, real quick. I'm sorry. Before we get off of. Django and change there, and you're talking about how much you love Leonardo DiCaprio. Do you know any of the stories behind that? Like when he breaks the glass and he his, he cuts his hand. Yeah, like that just happened. That oh, wasn't okay. on purpose. And that, so like to watch that scene again and think about that, where he's like he's bleeding and he's still doing it, and then he wipes his blood all over his face. It's like fuck. <laughs> that's cr- that's crazy. Just in the sense that Cheryl and I were talking about that scene, and I was like, and she was like, she and it was a good point. She's like, what did what happened? Like did we miss? Like why is his hand bleeding? Oh, he slams and, his glass down at one point and it shatters in his hand. No, I know, I know, that, but it, like, I, I, it happened, I guess, quickly. And we didn't realize. Sure. Like, and so, yeah, he's he's an actor, man. Yeah, and, yeah. and then he did rub his blood all over that person, yeah. or whatever. And uh, I'm sure they loved that, and they really enjoyed that. Hey, they'll take it. Yeah. Um, I will tell you one thing about the Wolf Washer. Oh, I, I cut him off. He was making a point. Sorry, well, continue. that'll lead into this. Okay. Uh, so Django, I saw that and I loved it, and then pretty soon after, if I remember correctly, unless I'm totally off on this, Wolf of Wall Street came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I just didn't have enough time because I heard it was super long. And I was just like, oh, I can't watch this yet. But then every single person I know that watched it was like, Tim, this is your movie. You need to watch this because this character is I agree. super schemy. Like, you will love him. And I'm like, all right. So Is, is this correct? Oh, 100% correct. The reason why the movie is so good is because it is a classic return to form for Martin Scorsese. It is I watched that movie. Then I immediately, like, the next – either that night or the next day watched Casino. And oh, I was like, dude, yes. he's That's a great movie. so good at just letting you be a part, like a, a bird on the wire to watch this crazy story unfold through like, and he tells it just these epic tales. And that's old school classic Martin Scorsese right, where, right. you know, he kind of lost his way a little bit there. Like he hadn't done a film like that in a while. And you get, you know, oh God, I think, like Gangs of New York was okay. He just did some really interesting films and then finally decided, hey, I've got this great character. Very flawed character, but very interesting character. I'm going to tell this crazy story about him. Yeah. And the way the movie opens. Do you guys remember the opening shot? Of Wolf of Wall Street? Yeah. It's, I, know. And no, uh, I know that he has, like, he does uh, blow off somebody's butt, but is that like, that's the opening opening? I believe that's the opening shot, right. yeah. Holy crap. I need so, to watch like, movie. he's not doing it off her, off her butt. I believe he's putting it in her butt. Okay. Class, um, I mean, if you're going to. Classy. Yeah, uh, and I, real has, quick for the fact that if we're establishing that that's the opening scene, I then want you to imagine me watching this in one of those like the tiny little theaters, like the the boutique theaters with the you know the nice recliners and the thing with Simer's parents, oh, who great. I convinced to go see this movie. Yeah, so it was awesome. totally like oh, this man. is all me. I would have known. I should you should have known better. No, no, that was my thing. Is that Simer's parents are down ass parents, and yeah. they are cool, and they understood Martin Scorsese, and they understood it was going to be like yeah violent and sexy, but I don't think a butthole. There's, in the yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. The there's no parent cool enough for. Like, he literally has a coke straw and he's like blowing it. In yeah, that's explicit. I had to so watch a scary movie with my mom and that was awkward. I had to watch a great oh, movie. What did I watch with my mom? I think I watched. Oh, I watched Memento with my mom, and she kept getting up to go do laundry and coming back. Memento, by the way, is, is a movie. I think, I think it's another Christopher Nolan film. No, is it Nolan? It might be. Uh, so. Told backward. Right, I'm checking. The movie yes. runs backward. So my mom's like, I don't understand what's happening. I'm like, you stop. You can't leave. You're never gonna know. Just yeah, leave. Just, just write this one off. Um. <laughs> the movie put the Wolf stuff of Wall under Street. the losses. <laughs> I know, I know, we're supposed to be talking about 2014 films, but is you would love it's it. Us. There are he, Wolf he Wall has technically a classic, classic Martin Scorsese main character asides. 
where they stop for a second and just talk directly to you. And and there's one in particular that's so good. He goes, here's what I'm doing. And he's like, and he goes through his whole spiel of how he's conning people out of money. And he gets halfway through it and he goes, wait a minute, what am I talking about? You don't understand any of this shit. Who gives a fuck? And like walks over and then that's when they go into like the midget throwing part. Sorry, what? Midget tossing. Yeah, that's a weird I believe tossing. it's little people. Little people talking. It, it, I think in the movie they Pardon call me. it midget tossing. Weird, do, that's, yeah, I clear. want to give a shout out real quick. I mean, not that I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a font of knowledge he about, did do my about actors. Yes. But I really got to give a shout out. I really, obviously, Leo is the, the star of the film, just like he was a star of Django Unchained, and we waited so long to even see him in that movie. It was like halfway through the movie until you get to meet him, which is so cool. You're like waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Mm-hmm. But Jonah Hill was awesome. awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah and like, I didn't so really, good. I really, like, I was telling Charlotte, like, I really underestimated him, like, as an actor. Like, I didn't know he had that in him. Like, you, that was a really, really good performance. You know yeah. the story behind that, right? He. Oh, didn't he, like, take, like, like, no money? Crazy to do that. Yeah, and he made, like, nothing off of it. I heard he, he made, like, like, 60 grand or yeah. something. He was just, like, he was, like, hunted Martin Scorsese down and was, like, I am from this part of the world. Like, I guess he was from Long Island, I guess, or wherever the story actually unfolded. He's, like, I'm from where this guy's from. I know who this guy is. I grew up with these guys. Like, you got to let me do this role. And Scorsese's, like, dude, you're a comedian. Like, yeah. it's not you're, not, you're not a serious actor. And he's, like, I can nail this and stayed after it. And after, like, two, a year and a half or two years, his agent finally called him and said, you got it. it was all but he had great. to agree to do it for, like, scale. Yeah, apparently so he got no money, right? Apparently he got, uh, as far I was reading about it, and apparently he got the SAG or whatever, like, minimum. minimum wage. Yeah. But then he got back-end yeah. royalties yeah. on it. He was um, great in Django, too. Seg minimum's like, it's like, I, I don't know what it is now, but it used to be like, I think it was like 200 a day or something like that. Maybe 500. Yeah, he max. like, made, yeah, I think they said he made 60 grand like up front yeah. off the movie, which is like, you know, dick to a, an actor of that caliber or whatever. Don't mean nothing. That's um, half a day shoot on 23 Jump Street. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, no, he, yeah he, made, he, made it, he made it back in, in other ways, I guess. But yeah, that was a really, really extraordinary movie. And it, you know what it reminded me of? And I know you, you'll appreciate this, Nick, specifically. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie because it was kind of like a little under the radar, late 90s, early 2000s. It, because it's the same theme in the same place takes place on Long Island in the movie Boiler Room, yeah. and, and that movie that mm. and that movie is awesome. That it's movie's so really good. Ben Affleck's in it. It's got like a weird cast, but it's Giamma about it's DC. about it's so about guys good. out east on Long Island that are running this like total Ponzi, totally no, fucking Ponzi illegal scheme. like yeah. like uh, penny stock kind of scheme. It's a really the same almost the same story. Um, yeah, but it's like a little more low budge, and it's about like it's it's really interesting. It's about a guy. They find him. He lives in Queens. He's like running an illegal casino out of his house, and they convince him to like go be with like their stockbrokers mm-hmm. out east. Vin Diesel's in it. Vin Diesel's in good. it. Good. Um, You'd like it. I think people out there would really enjoy it. It's called I think Boiler Room. Ben Affleck's only in it for like the first scene or something. Yeah, they he's, got him he gives it an awesome speech. He, he talks, throws. He's like, "Those are the keys to my Ferrari." Yeah, right? yeah it's yeah, very exactly. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he says something which I thought was the funniest thing. He he says, uh, one of his lines was, uh, uh, "People who say money is the root of all evil never had any." Yeah. And I, that 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 line like always stuck with me. I was like, that's a, that's an interesting it's, that's interesting writing. You're like, yeah. I'm gonna base my life on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, One day I'll quit IGN and start a business. Maybe. Uh, so I recommend that movie. Yeah, I think you know, it, it, with the exception of Dark Knight Rises, the best movie of 2014 was. I'm kidding. I think, don't don't tweet me. I know Dark Knight Rises didn't come out last year. Yes. It might have. It might as well because it, it was still have. just on the forefront <laughs> well, of my mind. On the logic you have, neither did no, Wolf no. of Wall Street. So most people saw Wolf of Wall Street in 2014. Though I I'll, 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 I'll wager to say they only had seven, six days to see it in 2013. That's true because it came out at Christmas, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, it might as well be a 2014 movie. It's a, that's, and that's why I said I'll. I, you know, I'm going to allow it. I'm going to allow it. There's another film that came out that I always forget about because it came out. It was one of those on the cusp. They released it. I think they released it like right in January, maybe February. It could be wrong. Uh, watched it on demand. Was disappointed that I couldn't give this movie more money. Like, I almost want to go buy it because it was that good and unique. It's called The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, see, everyone talk- – I- I've seen so much about this, but I haven't watched it. If – it's a Wes Anderson film. Wes yeah, Anderson, who I, of I used to be so into. 
he has hit the pinnacle of his art form really? with this. And I am not being pretentious or facetious in any way, shape, or form. This movie is so utterly endearing. Like, it is... He did Moonrise, you know, he did Moonrise Kingdom. He did the Life Aquatic, uh, yeah. Royal Tannenbaums. None of those films had this movie's sort of heart and soul to it. And they had their own heart and soul, but they weren't as accessible as this is. This hit on such a unique and just deeply sentimental note for me. Nice. And anyone that I know that's watched it was just like far and away best, best, most emotional movie of the year to me. Wow. It's so well done. And this style of it, because he uses miniatures for everything mm. and like all the cameos of all the guys that he's worked with, including Bill Murray and, That's you know, great. I mean, uh, Owens, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy that looks like Fran. Oh, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman. All these guys are in this and you're just like, ah, it's so. And Ray Fiennes is the main character and he just knocks it out of the park. It's so good. Definitely watch it. Pay to watch it for Christ's sake. Give Wes Anderson some money. That's the thing about like I like I like Wes Anderson films in general. Like I said, for some reason I fell off. I think Life Aquatic didn't hit for me personally. Like I, I was such a huge Rushmore fan. You yeah. know what I mean? I like Bottle Rocket too. Bottle Rocket, Bottle Rocket's the best. And oh then it was God. one of those things Bottle of like for some reason it just deviated enough for me where I didn't keep up with it. And like I like the idea of I love the, when you find a director who has the the cast he loves yeah. and, or, or she loves and they find new it's like a toy box right you put down this yeah. toy box and you put those people in different roles and do different things with them and you know them so well and it's one of the reasons I love Kevin Smith's you know stuff so much because mm-hmm. he uses the same people over and over in different yeah. ways does all these different things um, I agree and this is like and this is one of those where you can tell they all came on set and I mean even the guys that just come cameo like Bill Murray it's a, he's in the movie but he's you know he's only there for a little bit yeah um, he's fabulous like just mm-hmm. phenomenal and it's because he's just it's like when you call an old friend that's one of your best friends and you just pick up that conversation right from where you left off. Yeah. Know how that's you've been, why haven't you talked yeah. to me? <laughs> but like every single person in this movie is like that. And the movie is so weird. And it's, you know, it's a movie, uh, it's it's kind of a movie within a movie. It's it's a person retelling wow. the story as he's like coming to it, uh, as he's visiting like the hotel, the the, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel like now um, and being told the story of its, of its uh, famous uh, uh Concierge, which is Rafe. Uh, I got to work on my Jeff Goldblum. I, don't, I can't do it with Jeff Goldblum at all. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to go on and on about it. I don't want to spoil it. It is a very singularly unique movie, and you should all watch it. Before we move on, was 22 Jump Street this year? Yeah. yeah. I think it was. I think it was. I got to give a shout out to that. It's definitely not movie of the year, but man, you that franchise that franchise is something special. Have you caught up on this? No, I haven't, I haven't watched the movies. I mean, have I you seen the first one? The, no, I never saw the movies. I, I saw, saw the, the first one, and I, I was let down. Really? really? Dude, I think that movie b- makes me laugh by the so time hard. I watched it, I think expectation had been set so high. Because that's the thing, like going into that was one of those ones where it's like, all right, this is a shitty comedy movie. Yeah, yeah. We went into it's it so just funny. like, oh my god, it's so funny. I think it's extra funny for us because we make videos and we yeah. make comedy. Yeah, and like we try to do we try that. Try to make comedy, and like so many of the jokes are so meta and just so like kind of breaking the fourth wall and just like joking about the writing and joking right, about right, that right, stuff. Right. I just think it's so funny. And like the second one, it's like it took itself so not seriously as a sequel. Like it took that a whole idea. It was very of, self-aware. It was self, self-aware and like, oh, it was so good. But still, they, they still had the, – this is what I appreciated about the movie is it felt like the first one. It's not like – if you go back and watch Ghostbusters 2, for instance, right? It yeah. doesn't feel like the same movie. They right. waited too long. They don't have the chemistry anymore. You can see there was some, I don't know if it's infighting or no, maybe they're just slowing down a little bit. It was the fact that they had gotten older. And that's something yeah. I remember very distinctly them talking about on that Oprah 
episode and i remember when i remember i had a bone oprah. to pick with oprah because she wouldn't let me in to see ghostbusters in, in person and that was one of the things i remember that interview they talked about is the fact that we've all gotten older and none of us smoke and you know we're all a little bit bigger and we're all a little bit and it's like that yeah. you know what i mean like that was the thing it was oh, that's right they were all like cigarettes like these giant 100s hanging out of yeah, their yeah. mouth the in seats what about the twinkie yeah where he's like you know he's walking and he's got the famous scene where he lets the cigarette yeah, go yeah. and just hangs on his lip for a second it's a thing burning man. like oh my Thank god that's man. so good but yeah they 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 if you're going to do a sequel to a successful comedy, for Christ's sake, do it the next year. Yeah, yeah. Do it before – like even Channing Tatum now, Don't he's, he's evolving. It. Like this movie Fox Catcher that he was in, which was um, an interesting film. I'm going to say interesting. Mm-hmm. I will let people come to it on their own. I did not particularly – I don't know what to think of that movie. It should be good, but I did not like it. Okay. Um, beautifully made. Cra- it's, I mean, maybe it's just the story. It's really fucked up. The John DuPont story, how he – you know. Well, anyway. Um but I don't think he, you know, you got to catch the zeitgeist and you got to ride that wave. And then I'm ride sure the, the third, one, the third one, which apparently is it still supposed to be some? Sort oh, of I hope it's Black Black and that's so perfect. Like Thank the you. third one's a funny crossover movie with a franchise that makes no sense. No sense. That's what that franchise is about, and that's so good. It's true. And you were saying Jonah Hill is like, like what the hell? You this came out of nowhere. Same thing with Channing Tatum. Put those motherfuckers together, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like Channing Tatum went from just like. Oh, it's a the joke. random Hawkeye and dance movies joke. that girls like and like guys make fun of, like Justin Bieber style, you yeah. know? And now he's like fucking hilarious. He's on point. You know, you know he's what? I, so good. That Tatum on point. We've, we've talked about Tatum a lot because we love him in our life. Yeah. Pr- I probably talked about Channing Tatum and Vin Diesel probably way more than any man who considers himself a heterosexual should. But no, it's Hemsworth that really oh gets God, you going. Daniel Craig. Dan uh, D. Craig. That's true, too. Um, the hell was I just talking about? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. How much you talk about Channing Tatum? Has, he's unabashedly, like, he's very humble. I've read more multiple interviews with that guy who's like, I don't know how to act. I don't know why people like me. I'm just excited that it's happening, and I'm going to ride this until it crashes to the shore. I'm familiar with that. And he has made a, he's gone from, it's very much akin to the Fast and the Furious series, where it started off as a complete joke, and now is a staple in my life. Yep. I cannot live without it. That's a very good way to put it. And I need more of it every day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's three o'clock right now. Okay. You have a call. I do. D- do we need to pause again? Uh, or do you want to power through? I have a podcast at three with Max J. That's Max Plosions on Twitter. M-A-X-P-L-O-S-I-O-N-S. He's giving me a 15-minute buffer if I'd like to take it, okay. but I don't know what your call dictates. Um, I can do – as soon as she calls me, I'll have to leave. She's calling that's fine. me, so we All right, can that's keep easy. going. Oh, no, that was it. That was the call. So um, – <laughs> oh, no, it was three minutes ago. We can close it out on Let's our just, own. I say – yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll close it out. I have 15 minutes. We have 15 minutes. If My topic is 15 minutable. Well, let's go. Let's do one more topic. Well, we, she, we, she hasn't uh, called me. Okay. I'll call her back. One eighteen, Ladies and gentlemen, my topic is this. Brandon Ralph. Mm. You might remember Brandon Ralph. Mm, Scott movie. Pilgrim. Dog. No, was also it Dog Hunter? And it was. He was in the, the dog, dog movie. Dog Hunter. Dog Knight. What the hell was it? You have dog the phone. Knight. You can look it up. But that's similar Rises. to it. But he, he exploded onto the scene with Superman Returns. <laughs> and I was like, here we go. This is the Superman in the movies for the rest of my life. This is going to be this guy. I, of course, devoured Superman Returns information. You know what I mean? Like the Singer vlogs he put up. Every article about it. Singer saying he met Ralph and he tipped over his milk or whatever. And the creamer. It was a very <laughs> Clark Kent moment, they said. It was very cute. And then, there, of course, there was photos when he was like, you know, when he was just, he had a Halloween party, a normal dude, and he went as Clark Kent with a Superman shirt on. And it was like, still growing out the curl exactly he it was like yes this guy is from he was from iowa raised on a farm too you know what i mean he had like the smallville backgrounds i was like i like everything that's going to happen with this guy you watch the movie his performance is a great performance of superman in the kind of film they were making i have i have a laundry list of reasons superman returns doesn't work for me but 
Roth's performance is not one of them. He's really good as being. He's doing a Christopher Reeve impression. I mean, like that's what because that's what they're doing. They're doing a sequel to those movies, and he's doing it incredibly well. He's doing a very good alien Superman, which isn't my kind of thing. I like you know Superman who thinks he's more American or more of our world, right? He's yes. protecting Earth. But all that aside, Brandon Roth was awesome. Superman Returns wasn't good. Singer was saying super, the next Superman was going to be like Wrath of Khan style action. I was like, I am on board. And then it all exploded. The public turned on Superman Returns. It never went anywhere. Routh was faded away, right? And he mm-hmm. did the, the science. What is it called? I'm sorry, Dylan Dog. Dylan Dog. Dead of Night. Which I always thought was weird because he went and did that movie with uh, the guy who plays Jimmy Olsen. He did. Sam oh, Huntington. He did. And I was like, that's so weird. That's neat, but weird. And then they, it turns out they're like really good friends now. It's like, yay. Same but universe? The, no, no, no. Not at all. Thank you for trying to get me on that, though. Yeah, you got yeah. me. You got me to smile. So he went off. He did that. It seemed like he was fading away. Like, what's he gonna do? Where is he gonna find his place in this world? Mm. Then Scott Pilgrim. I was like, yeah. oh great, he's still getting that work. Great. Then nothing yeah. for a long, long time. And then pow, out of the blue, shows up on Arrow. Yeah. He's he's Doctor Ray Palmer. It's a small thing. Spoilers. Ah, uh, he's gonna be the Adam. And now there's talk of the Adam getting his own spinoff show. Da 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 da. What's queuing all this up? Where I want to talk about the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon Routh, is the fact that last night IGN tweeted out a video between Stax and Joshua about like, is this the redemption story of Brandon, superhero redemption story of Brandon Routh? I immediately responded yes. The content of the video was very positive that yes, this clearly is. You know, if they're going to do the Adam spinoff, this is great for him. What I want to talk about is, did you see this coming for him? And for you in particular, mm-hmm. so I'm glad we got you before. Yeah. Is there another Phoenix story like this? Someone who is in this movie that was supposed to make... This is going to make your career. You are going to be Superman. That was so much for him to take on as an actor, right? Of like, you're stepping into these boots and only a handful of people have ever portrayed this and you're going to be this guy for the new generation and all these people. You're going to be fucking Superman. And then it's just gone. It's like, Mm. you know, I mean, that would be the most depressing thing for me is that it's all just over. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you on the Superman Returns in, in that when you watch that film... He is undoubtedly, I think, the best part of it. No, oh, sure. I, I, I would say that he does. He is the Superman that I wanted at that moment. It just wasn't yeah. the story yeah. that I wanted. It's just to be not told. the one we deserved. Uh, I liked. I actually loved him as Superman. I think I liked him more as Superman than Henry Cavill, who plays a, a, lot, a lot more brutish. Superman yeah. was a lot more raw of a film. Uh, also, we're seeing that sort of again with Henry Cavill, right? If if there was no Dawn of Justice, his career probably would not have. I don't know that it would have skyrocketed like you have. Um, I'm trying to think of another role that has sort of made or break people's careers. Batman. Yeah, I guess Batman. I mean, Michael Bale. Keaton, right? I mean, uh, like, Michael Keaton. He's looked example, in a different, right? different light after Batman. Um, he was Bale for sure. Uh, Bale for sure as well. Bale kind of went from being a no one has actor ever heard of this Ben Affleck mega star. Well, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it it sucks because he's a great actor. He's got a good look. Uh, I mean, it does. See, the thing is, like now, there's I feel a happy ending to it already. Not not even that it's even remotely over. The guy's still doing sure. work. You know what I mean? But like, he got the second chance. Not let alone a second chance in the DC universe. Do we? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too. Is if you'd asked me that question two or three years ago, I said no. It's TV. It's not anywhere close to as important as film. Sure. But now, and everyone is saying this, and Colin, you've mentioned it multiple multiple times. All the great stories are now unfolding on TV. That's what film is is a little bit. It's it's still good, but TV's had this sort of resurgence. There's a renaissance happening where we're getting great stories like Arrow or Flash, which is good too. And now he can go to both shows. I don't know. I'm not intimately familiar with Arrow. I stopped watching it after about the fourth season because I was like, or a fourth episode because I was like, really, no one can understand that this dude is just like 
It's not. You, don't go, don't go look at me. It's uh, I just have a hood on. I've got um, you can't tell, on. and I'm looking it's down a little me. bit, a little brutal. Bane impression yes. so spot on. Arrow impression kind of hard, <laughs> kind of weak there. I don't even know what he'd say. All I know uh, is that I just remember clear as day that he's in the parking lot with the, some chick. Yeah. At a police station, I think I'm, yeah. I'm on the I'm on the elliptical working out. He's literally just got the hood's like up to here. Yeah. Even. And he's and he's just like looking down like this. Yeah. And he's I know. Just like, but I'm so like I'm so confused, you know. Like I'm like it's that guy that you know for 20 years. You don't realize that it's him. Like if you saw your God brother in the hood, wouldn't you know it's your brother? They've kind of, it's, they've, <laughs> it's how long they've known each other. Me out of it. And oh no, I and I totally understand that. And agree. In the beginning, they tried to play with shadow a bit to make it seem like it was in a darker era. Now it's totally like, it's like fuck hey, it. It's he's Arrow. there. He's there talking to the police. Uh, the, you know, Laurel's dad or whatever. And it's totally Oliver Queen. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, never. It's so corny. Like I. I, it, it, that's that kind of stuff disappoints me just as an aside because I like super I like the idea of a superhero and a supervillain and a city in distress and all this kind of stuff. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've said, said over and over again, but that's why Nolan's Batman movies work. But like, it's too bad that like corniness often takes over these stories. Like, well, there's the, it, it doesn't have to be like that. Suspension of disbelief, right? Can only take you yeah. so far. And then there are those moments where it's just like, oh, all right, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, without any spoiling anything. How they're going to come back from the mid-season finale of Arrow is going to be a giant suspension of disbelief for a lot of people. And I'm very fascinated to see how they get around it and what they do. But Arrow's had its own crazy-ass things happening. Whole rigmarole. Whole um, rigmarole. To, your, to answer your question, your original question, yeah, I don't know as far as superheroes go, but I do remember the biggest sort of comeback that I, that I can think of in recent, probably the last like 20 or 30 years, was John Travolta. When he did Pulp Fiction, because John Travolta's career was super hot in the 80s. Cotter. He just died. Right. Yeah, he'd done Welcome Back, That's uh, a really good Carter. example of a comeback. He had done uh, Staying Alive. He had done Saturday Night Fever, which put him on the map. Then he did a little movie called Grease, which everyone loved. And then suddenly they were like, this guy's the it guy. Went through the 80s, had a couple really bad films happen to him. I think he did like Michael, which was about an angel, like Phenomenon. Yeah. All these movies yeah. weren't very good. And then his career basically was dead until... Quentin Tarantino yeah. was like, hey, do you want to play Vincent Vega in this crazy movie? I've got the second movie I'm making after, after Reservoir Dogs. It was a pretty big success, indie classic, um, making this Pulp Fiction movie. And it skyrocketed him to the top. Like, the next movie he did was, like, Face Off and then Swordfish. And then all – Swordfish. And you're talking you're talking Face Off. And it's hard It's hard to put these movies in perspective because you really have to they're, – they're signs of their time. You're talking Face Off at the height of Nicolas Cage's career. After he had done like leaving Las Vegas and was like as nominated, or I think he won an Academy Award for that. And you're like, dude, this is a power duo. And then you watch a movie by a great director who was like critically acclaimed at the time. John Woo was like, oh, he had done like um, a bunch of oh, what the hell did he do? He did a great, Didn't great he do film. Godzilla in the late nineties. Is that the same guy that did that? Who did the? I don't know why. I mean, I don't know anything about filmmaking at all, but I just right. recognize that name from that that eight nineties. No, John Woo was a John Woo was a uh, came over from Hong Kong. He was a I believe a Chinese filmmaker, and he'd done a lot of stuff with Chow Yun Fat. Uh, put Chow Yun Fat on the map, and he's, he was in the replacement colors with Antoine Foucault. Um, they had he was huge in Asia, okay. huge, huge, huge. Came off, over way here. off on that one. He did. <laughs> I was um, a bit off on that one. He did that movie, and well, then he huge did in Asia. Godzilla, you were close. And he, wow, <laughs> wow, that was funny. That was a good. That was one. good. Tim's been on. Thank you. This is what happens when we get to do the game over, Greggy show early, At two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that that he did a bunch, and now John Travolta is still huge. He's still a big name. He can still get big roles. Not he's a little bit more of a caricature of himself. Yeah, but he got redeemed. He got he came back as 
No longer the John Travolta who was super good looking and super fit from staying alive, right? Where you could mm-hmm. take a shirt off and women would sue and you're like, oh my God, this guy's oiled and greased up like a piston. Um, <laughs> was that what people were saying about him? Have you seen, if you watched That's the last year, I'm just saying oiled and greased up like a piston. This dude, this dude is, 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 is hard as nails. Uh, he was not fit. He was pudgy. There's a scene with his shirt off where he has to take his, his clothes off I mean, at the end with in, in you know Tarantino's backyard. Uh, 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 uh. You know they're spritzing him down because he's got brain matter all over his. You know and, and they got the great shot of Samuel L. Jackson in the fro. He's got brain matter. Like, Get that out of your fro. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you're like, wow, this is just such a far cry away from where John Travolta used to be. Yeah. But it just worked. It was perfect casting. That's right, what he needed. Perfect right casting. Then. It made him this awesomely hilariously stupid character. And uh, yeah, that 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 crushed it for him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually a really good one. That's a really good because I that I guess because it's not the same thing, right? Where Travolta didn't wasn't given a role that was like iconic. Right. He became an icon right. in all the movies he was doing. Whereas Brandon Routh's put into it, but it's a great another great trajectory. Yeah. Even though I think Brandon Routh came back and he's still fucking cut. That oh, guy with his abs yeah, and his muscles. Different. I saw him at a Comic Con party like two years ago. Yeah. He's just a mammoth of a man. Oh yeah, he's big. He's too. big. He's a big yeah. guy. Yeah. Nice guy. No, oh, yeah, he's um, super nice. It's those it was, Iowa values, that Midwestern values. Man. Uh, I'm yeah. happy he's back. I'm happy everything's working out for him. It just it does suck that they had to go in a different direction. It would have been interesting to see him continue that role in a different story. Sure. It's, it's just a different feel. It's it's more of a classic Superman movie versus Man of Steel, which is a modern yeah. superhero movie, I guess, with lots of crash zooms and lots of shaky right. cameras and right. lots of you know, just keep let's just keep punching. Let's keep punching until we get to the world maker thing. Oh, now, that went right through it. Now, now it's with, like, with all due respect. I mean, the solution in Superman Returns was, I'm weak to kryptonite. I'll just lift this harder. <laughs> let's, so let's not throw, start throwing <laughs> stones at let's, let's, one let's, Superman. This is a little box. I'm just going to unpack this for one second. Sure. If you haven't okay. seen Superman Returns, the main crux of the film the main, is the Superman 1. Is, which is really annoying. Well, yeah, they did realize heavily on that. I'm Lex Luthor and I'm back. And you know what I'm still obsessed with? Land. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Really? <laughs> All right. So Lex Luthor takes the crystals, if I remember correctly, from Sun the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. And he you, realizes that these things have incredible power. They can actually make land because they made the Fortress of Solitude. So he takes some of the crystals, impregnates them, if I remember correctly, with uh, with kryptonite, kryptonite, so right. that Superman can't come on the thing without basically being like incredible. I like how you use the word impregnates. For that. Impregnates. Yeah. Uh, Cal pens in it, so that's interesting. And never speaks. Like, never speaks. They cut all his lines. All his lines. Um, so it's just weird. weird. You're like, why is why is Kumar from, in this from movie? Harold and Kumar? <laughs> um, uh, so it ends up being successful. Makes an entire new continental drift, a whole new plot of land that is half the size of like half of the northern hemisphere, like basically half of the half of the United States. Superman flies to that no sense of the fact that it's made of kryptonite at all. Like no, he knows getting, what's it, he gonna do. Well, as he's getting close to it, he, he lands and he's like, oh, "I'm fucking badass. I'm Superman." This still. is and totally like, not the. You're not Superman, and he, and he falls down. He's like, "Oh no, this whole place is made of kryptonite. I didn't, I didn't know that." They knock it. They stab him. Yeah. Right, he falls in, gets saved by I think either Cyclops. Yeah, Cyclops. Who like has his redeeming <laughs> Lois moment. And Cyclops come. Right. We should stop for real because there's a whole Superman Returns time bomb here. Okay, but let me. There's just... no redeeming moment for Cyclops because he's a great fucking guy the entire movie. Oh yeah, good. You're point. waiting for the shoot a drop of like, oh, so he's Lois's love. When's he gonna turn out? He's behind all this, and it's like, no, he's just a really no, good dude. He's a dude. No, no. Oh and great, no, I really can't wait to see his like fucking blown up by Superman. No, yeah. <laughs> but he goes like, there's that scene in the yacht too where he's like gonna die with them, and it's so like he's trying to hold them up with like yeah. one arm as he's holding onto the yacht, and he's like, I don't know what's gonna happen, and it's this insane scene where the water's filling up, and he's like, well, I'm dead, 
and I couldn't save my family, but I tried really hard, and I sacrificed my life for him. Oh, the asshole in the red boots is here. He's just going to take all my thunder. Don't know if that And was... rips the thing off and grabs him and then lets the, he lets the yacht go. And the yacht just go. It's, it's a beautiful shot. But... Dude, and the music's fucking swelling. Oh, so it. good. Oh, um, there were moments in that movie that were good. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Superman's like, well, I'm dying, but I'm just going to go underneath this this continental drift. Made this of the thing... one substance that makes me weak as a kitten. Weak as a kitten. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw it into the sun. Yeah, I'm going to lift it out of yeah, the planet. Solid. Yeah. And then into the air and drift it off. Superman, man. It's Let's not even start. I can't even Let's Superman. not even start. Even I'm I happy Brandon Routh's back. He's a great actor. He's a great dude. He's really great on Arrow. I hope he gets his own spinoff show. We talked about it that it might be a bit too much, but it won't work if he's got the Adam suit in there. So I'm just excited he's back and getting a chance. Good dude. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the Game Over Greggy Show each and every week. Four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. We had five this time. I know. Each bringing a random topic of discussion for your amusement. If you like that, all you have to do is throw us a few bucks and you get the episode early on Friday, whether it be through patreon.com slash kindoffunny or Vimeo or Bandcamp. If you don't have the money to spend or you don't want to, no big deal. Go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny Monday through Friday to see every topic broken out day by day before the whole show posts for free on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are yeah. we 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 are on our own now. Everybody, go get Troy Baker's album, "Sitting in the Fire." You can get it everywhere and buy it here. If you comment on Monday's breakout, we'll we'll pick a random one to win this autographed copy. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>